The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, is happy to bring you this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub and the Bible ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority from 1 Kings chapter 12. This is the section on Israel's revolt against Solomon's son Rehoboam and the resulting division of the kingdom. When we left off, Pastor had read how Rehoboam responded to the people's request to reduce the burdensome service his father had placed on them by telling them to come back in three days. In the interim, the elders advise Rehoboam to be a servant to these people today and serve them. Pastor Greg then discussed the servant heart required for leadership, as the Lord Jesus directed. Before we return to the sermon, remember to visit us on the web for serious Bible study at www.shiarjashub.org. Here is Pastor Greg Scalzo. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 25, again we read Luke 22 and 25. He said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. They appreciate when people rule them. That's human nature. There's a flip side to this. Those who are earthly or worldly in their leadership enjoy the praise, enjoy the position, enjoy the power, enjoy being able to manipulate people rather than understanding that to be servants. The other side of it is that people that are being directed sometimes appreciate those who lord it over them. They figure, well, if they boss me around, they must be somebody. If someone gets up in leadership like somebody, like a super apostle, right, and speaks in very dramatic terms and looks down at the person like, you just don't understand anything that I understand, that person gets respect in the human nature, the sinful nature. Because the receiving side says, well, if he doesn't think much of me, he must be somebody. And somebody like Paul can come into a town and he may stutter a little bit, but he's, you know, he lays hands on and somebody rises up and is healed. He's the first one that preached the gospel and they don't respect him. The super apostles, they respect. And here, one, given this tremendous ministry, they don't respect. Well, it was the same back then as it is today. Human nature will be drawn to those who lord it over. The Holy Spirit will draw us to those who are truthful and will have the attitude of a servant, an equal, a brother, not a ruler. Aren't there churches that have spent centuries uh, mastering the art of making their leaders very special? That if you could get an audience and be just able to kiss his hand, you would feel fortunate. You could go away and live your whole life because, gee, I was in the same room as him and able to kiss his hand. 
where Peter picked Cornelius up and said, I'm just a man. He understood that we only worship God, we only worship Jesus Christ. But they've made it an art form, that you're in awe of them. It's very easy to rule when people are in awe of you. Very difficult to lead when they're not. And so true servants, when they're dealing with human nature, have a problem right from the start. That the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, Jesus said, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table, yet I am among you as the one who serves? Obviously, he is the greater. He deserves to be served by us. But for our sake, he has come to serve us. And he expects the same of any who claim authority in his name. Let's return to 1 Kings chapter 12. Verse 8, what does Rehoboam do? But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. He rejected the advice, and he turns to these younger men who grew up with him. He rejects the wisdom. And you know, if you reject the wisdom of God, if you don't want to hear it, guaranteed there's always going to be somebody else some false advisor, some false counselor who will come in and tell you exactly what you want to hear, and it won't be to your benefit. He wants to hear, I want to be strong with them. I want to push them down even further. So he doesn't like what these elders tell him. He gets the young men who he grew up with, and he finds them telling him exactly what he wants to hear. Verse 9, and he said to them, what advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. That's what the advice that he was given. Was it wise advice? No. You're not going to win over people. He shows no concern whatsoever for their burden. No concern whatsoever for their suffering. Rather, He's going to add to their suffering and add to their burden. He rejects the aged advice for the riled up strength of the young men that say, get them, get them. In some ways, American society today is like that, right? We think we know better in this young modern age. And we have rejected hundreds of years of wisdom of what a family should be like 
how people should act together, how they should conduct their lives, the values they should have, the respect they should show. We are throwing it away for all the new ideas and new values, thinking we know so much better. And all we're doing is bringing judgment upon our children and our children's children if our country doesn't repent. It seems smart at the time, it's not so smart. When he says, my little finger will be thicker than my father's waist, translated, my hand on you will be even heavier than my father Solomon. And you see here, now whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke the arrogance of power, the drunkenness of power. Because of all the attention Rehoboam must have grown up with as Solomon's son as heir to the throne, because of all that he can achieve just by speaking a word and people snap to attention, he thinks there's absolutely no boundary to his ability to rule. He's not afraid. He figures he can do it, he can say it, and that's it. What are these people going to do to me? He forgets he's only a man. That the people, there's a lot of them, and there's one of him. It's not even common sense. Rehoboam has hardened his heart, and God has taken away the common sense so that the fulfillment of his desires, the end result, the logical conclusion will happen, and through it, God will bring the judgment he has declared, just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardens his heart. God hardens Pharaoh's heart further. That common sense goes away. He just thinks the arrogance of power. How many ruling families, how many monarchies thought we can never pass away? Nothing could ever happen to us, and they put heavy burdens upon the people until the people rose up in rebellion, and many of them suffered terrible ends. They never thought it could happen because from childhood, everything they asked for, they got. Scourges. My father used whips. I will chastise you with scourges. That word means a scourge with points or barbs on it. It literally comes off the word for scorpion. You know, whip snaps. These things snap and grab and pull off flesh. And you note here that the human king the human-natured king, the king in his flesh, scourges or threatens to scourge horribly the people. But God's king, his true king, his holy king, is scourged by the people. The scorpion, the, the Roman flagrum with the points and the barbs that ripped off the flesh. That's the true king of God. Verse 12 so Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, as the king had directed, saying, Come back to me the third day. Then the king answered the people roughly or harshly and rejected the advice which the elders had given him. And he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke, the heavy yoke, We'll speak more about that, Lord willing, next week. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges, scorpions. This is obviously not a very smart answer. Verse 15, so the king did not listen to the people, 
For the turn of events was from the Lord, that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. This is clearly a lesson for those in authority of what they should not do. And God hardens Rehoboam's ears, even as Rehoboam has already hardened his heart, because the Lord is working behind these human events to bring about his purpose. And then verse 16, we have division. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, he's not concerned for them, he doesn't care for them, what type of leader is that? The people answered the king, saying, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. You go your way, we're going our way. You've shown us by your care, by your lack of care, that we're not part of you, so we have no part in you. So Israel departed to their tents. If you want to rehear the sermon, you can visit our website at www.shiarjashub.org. The website has an archive of Bible study programs, both new and old, with in-depth analysis as well as anointed preaching. You will also find information about our church, including our 10 a.m. Sunday service. And Pastor Greg is regularly adding written messages for the church today. The address again is www.shear-jashub.org. May the Lord bless you as you serve Him.